0: Hello lovely Water Trio listeners and welcome back. I'm here with Cassandra and Kelly and we're ready for the astrology of the fortnight starting 16th of March through the 29th. So exciting week ahead there's a few changes happening
1: and yeah who's kicking off first? I think it's you Cass isn't it? I think it is me too. I think being like the appropriate word because we're back in Mercury and Pisces territory as we start the week. So we've had our little like 12-day reprieve uh, with Mercury going back into um, Aquarius as a part of the – retrograde state or the direct station and then uh, the continuation um, in that last section of Aquarius and now we've got Mercury back into Pisces and so it's going to be there until about the 12th of April so we're going back over old territory now so we're back into the Pisces waters but with perhaps a lot more clarity around our feelings that we were really you know, processing through the retrograde. Um, And even if it wasn't feelings orientated, it may be, you know, clarifying or cleaning up any logistical problems or any of those kind of things as well. So Mercury coming back to the very start of Pisces now, it really is a chance to do over the retrograde stuff. And so it may still be kind of that lingering you know, when you have a cold and it's you're better, but there's just those lingering symptoms. So it might be a little bit like that, or just that little thing to fix up or that little niggle that's not quite done with or, or that thing I forgot about, I have to go back and do that. So I feel that that's probably going to be a little bit of what flavours the week ahead. Just when we thought it was like we're safe out of Pisces land, we're going back into there for just a little while. So I guess this is going to kind of like uh bring uh things back to what started in early february that might need some uh cleanup um around because that was when mercury first entered um uh pisces the first time so have you girls got any insights or ideas around you know what could uh pop up at the start of this week with mercury back in pisces well,
2: dare I say, we might start to get some some answers or some missing information that has not been disclosed, starts to be revealed. Uh, it has felt, you know, the whole Mercury retro in Pisces going back to early February, there's just been so much confusion and uncertainty like globally mm. and, you know, collectively in addition to maybe personally in your life. I know for me personally, I'm like, should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? What are my travel plans going to look like? And I've had to just keep saying just wait and see. There's more information to come. And that's what this period, you know, Mercury will still be in its shadow zone, if you like, until that March 30th. So for the next couple of weeks it does feel like, oh, I was waiting for that piece of information, now I can make this decision. Or this that's situation it. has clarified, now I know what's going on over here. So yeah. it is a real sense of like there's still more to come, but it is starting to come down the pipeline.
0: Yeah, totally. How about
2: you, Leash?
0: Yeah, I, um, April Elliott Kent put the whole Mercury retrograde in Pisces so beautifully when she said, you know, it's like doing long division when you've had a few cocktails and that's totally (laughs) what it's (laughs) felt like. (laughs) And it's really, but I felt like that time in Aquarius dried us out enough and gave us enough clarity. Mm, so now we're heading yeah. forward. It's like, I don't know. You know, you've you've woken up. You've had a few too many cocktails. You've popped your barocas, and now you kind of got to scroll through your text messages and see piece the night back together again, call your friends, check <laughs> on everybody, make the apologies you might need to make, and, and then keep oh, the going good old forward. <laughs>
1: I'm like Are you describing my early 20s or what?
0: <laughs> I think all of our early 20s are not just yeah. us, but they're just with you that.
2: You what? With who? Where?
0: <laughs> Thank God we didn't have social media back then. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. But they're just yep. it just has been extra hazy. And as you said, Kel, you know, there is so much collectively as well as um, personally. And it is the need for patience, I feel, of just the pieces will slowly start to get together. It's like even the jigsaw puzzle where you've got the frame done, almost all the pieces, but you still can't get the bigger picture. And that's like slowly the fog's drifting away. So that comes into view. So, yeah. Yeah. Bring on Mercury and Aries, I say, really. But we've got to wait a little while for that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it is a bit like the uh, extended uh, post-retrograde recovery period in a way. Like we sort of had a, a, you know, a little bit of a maybe like a false recovery with the Aquarius piece, but now it's like, okay, we're really going back to what this was all about. So, yeah, yeah, cast your mind to, I guess, the start of early February, you know, what was set off then, what parts of your life became a little bit confusing or elusive or unsure and that will be territory that will be ripe um, throughout, you know, the next couple of weeks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you're up next. So did you go? (laughs)
1: That's okay, you go. (laughs) (laughs) What were you going to say, Cass? I was just going to say, like, did anybody have any real classic mercury retrograde things going on this time? my husband's car Oh, oh yes yeah, of yes course <laughs> oh!
2: I mean I I don't know if I have some magic fairy dust I applied for a new passport and I physically took my passport application into the passport office on the day that Mercury Station retrograde, knowing full well that all kinds of cock-ups could happen. But I was like, there was a time pressure where I needed to get it in because it was going to take so long and I needed it back. I was like, I just have to do it. I'm not going to post it in. I'm going to physically take it. I'll do everything I can. And it was ready in 10 days and there was no mistakes. I was fully expecting there to be a typo or my birthday Mm -hmm. would be wrong, but it was fine. So- touch wood I was lucky my husband's driving home from our holiday in Spain we traveled separately because he had a longer time period and I had a shorter time period and he gets part way home and his car breaks down somewhere in the you know the outside like outside Paris in the middle of France like in the middle of nowhere and that was a few weeks ago. His car we still don't have back. It's going really? through the wow. very slow European process of the roadside assistance. Well, now we've thought we're going to fix it in France, but now we're going to bring it back to Belgium, and then we'll fix it there. So weeks later he still doesn't have a car. And he wow. does get hit sometimes unfortunately quite badly by Mercury Retro. So, you know, a vehicle, a driving thing, and and then he was delayed getting home. He missed a day of work. So he's had a bit of a a cliche snafu uh, mm -hmm. go of it. What about you, gals? Have
0: you had any uh, bloopers? Well, with my husband. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Your husband too. What happened with him? Oh, no, it was a good thing because Mercury rules his second house, but this is happening in his eighth. So we went in. He dropped his phone in the swimming pool. when he was, he was (laughs) fixing somebody's, fixing my parents, putting a railing on for my dad to be able to get in the pool. Um, and so he tried to dry it out, but it was just really slow. So we had to go to, we had to go to Telstra, which is the, you know, the telecommunications (gasps) shop here and get a new phone. And I just said to him, look, we just have to be ready for all the, (laughs) all the dramas, all the delays. He walked out having saved Fifty dollars a month with a much better phone. <laughs> um, that's
2: fantastic. Because yeah. he re-
0: renewed his contract, and so he was yeah. doing the Mercury retrograde thing, and so he's got a brand new, big, much bigger phone, which he's actually not that happy about, but he'll get over it. And um, but you know, saving fifty bucks a month on a phone bill—that's pretty, yeah. cool. and and like with way more data. And so. A bit- yeah 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 so that wow that's a way it can positively turn out what about you Cass
1: oh yeah like (laughs) when uh Mercury first went into Pisces my stomach decided to kind of play up a little bit on me (gasps) of
0: course and um
1: yeah and I was like oh I've eaten something that hasn't agreed with me and throughout January it was a very social unusually social time for me I was eating out more takeaways and the like and was super super hot here and I was like oh maybe it's just like the heat and making me feel a little bit queasy what have you and um, then I was you know putting it down to a whole bunch of other things and um it just never really got better and then it was the day of the station I wake up one morning went to the bathroom and I'm like "Hmm, okay then maybe I've got a gastro bug." and then by day three I was like okay this should if this is a bug usually it's a 24-hour thing you know 48 Thirty six, forty eight at at worst, you know. Then it's like, oh, maybe I need to go see my doctor. So I went and saw my doctor, and then, um, then the next day, which was a fr- the Friday, I went and you know delivered uh, the sample to pathology to get tested. And it was the worst day of the illness. I that felt like I was getting a temperature, and um, I was just really starting to feel a little bit concerned oh. for myself. You know, when you get to that point, like, oh shit, I think I'm really sick. And I just Googled, like, with my phone, like, hey, where's the nearest company that, you know, takes these type of pathology samples? I was like, fantastic. It's basically up the hill from here. That being said, it took all my energy just to drive, like, like nowhere up the hill. And um, and then I get there. Oh, We don't take this pathology sample from these companies, you know. And I'm stood there, didn't know whether I was going to burst into tears or faint. And I was like, and then this lady could, other lady that worked there could see me and then she was, oh, we can take this for you, but I'll just have to let the courier know that this sample is not from this, this clinic. And then I'm like, oh, but mercury is retrograde. Am I prepared to risk that? Will my doctor ever get the results? I don't know, but I didn't care. Please, thank you. Take my sample. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, (laughs) I just have to, it's either like I go home and sleep and try and rest or I'm checking myself into the ER. And then, um. And then it was uh, Monday, I ring my doctor, did you get the results? Like I was really nervous about it, and they did, but she didn't work that day, so I had to wait another day to get the appointment with her. And I didn't realise it as it was happening, but when I got my diagnosis, then I stopped by the, like for the high-strength antibiotics, and then I stopped by the health food shop to get all the probiotics and things, and then I get home and take my first dose of medicine. It was on the Kazemi. And then within a couple of hours of taking those first doses of medicine, I could actually start to feel I was turning around. And so it was a Mm. really literal thing. Um, And so that was really wonderful. And then by the time Mercury got to Aquarius, I actually felt like myself again. But I'm just like, I don't want to like preempt fate, but I'm like, I hope I don't like Mercury coming back through this territory again I just, you know, hope it's just gonna be a smooth sailing from here and not some kind of lingering thing or hey, you know, whatever. It was just the Giardia infection and or giardia, giardia but yeah, don't wish that upon anybody. So not fun. any anyway. No. No, yeah, so
2: nobody we all had did. a little a little yeah, we a little bit of a little bit
1: of a little bit had the typical uh, logistics and a had a, a bug. Oh, and I launched my new website. All in, all in during us. (laughs) I did have a technical, real logistical thing. So, yeah, that was uh, yeah, just to kind of like make it a real Mercury retrograde. Let's give you some IT things to deal with as well. So, my former site crashed, and the new one's up.
0: And it looks wow, awesome.
1: There we go. <laughs> Thank you. Girls. That's very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, it was
0: exciting! It's like a me a work facelift.
2: So you're me up. as
1: the Mercury ruler, ruler like the uh, Gemini ascendant. I definitely had the you know the real yeah. dose of Mercury it hit your great body this time. Yeah, yeah, times. yeah. Okay, Kel. So you're up
0: next with Saturn into Aquarius. I think, Kel.
2: Yeah, this is, I mean, this two week period in March is quite busy because there's a lot of planets changing signs, Mm. but the most significant one that's changing signs, of course, is Saturn moving into Aquarius, which will happen Saturday, March 21st, if you're in the US or Canada, and it'll be uh, Sunday, March 22nd, if you're in Australia. And this is really significant. Saturn's one of the major timekeepers or the chronicrators, the markers of time in astrology. So to have Saturn change signs does indicate a shift at a collective level, as well as a significant shift in priorities and focus at a personal level. So, to break that down a little bit, Saturn is moving into Aquarius just for a few months. So, from March 21st to about July 1st, we're getting sort of the the preview or the first piece of the Saturn in Aquarius cycle. Then Saturn will retrograde back into Capricorn for the second half of the year, and on December 18, Saturn will re-enter Aquarius, where it will then stay. For about two years and three or four months so it's important to understand that so that when you're thinking about what's going to happen in the next few months it's a preparation or a setup cycle for what's going to be a big focus in 2021 and 2022 so it's important to understand that and saturn going into aquarius he's literally just dipping his toes in he's like going one degree in and then he's going to reverse out so it's very much like stepping into a room in your house and or your apartment and looking around and thinking, right, this needs to be done, that needs to be done, gotta clear out that closet or wardrobe, I've got to get new curtains. Oh my god, I'd meant to deal with that problem ages ago. So it's like opening the door on something and seeing what needs to be done, but realizing you wanna make sure you get a good sense of it, but you're not necessarily gonna do it all now. So it's like a wake up call to a different part of your chart. Think about where Aquarius is in your birth chart. And it's sort of calling your attention forward um, into that part of your chart. Collectively Saturn coming out of Capricorn in theory, should lift a lot of this really intense fear-based kind of protective preservation, close the borders type of thing that's going on. Um, There is going to be a a little bit of a tricky interaction with Saturn in a couple of weeks, which we'll probably be talking about the Mars-Saturn conjunction in next week's episode. Um, So I don't want to say it's all magically better, but it is a huge shift in the collective psyche, if you like, the way we're coming out of that very sort of fear-based Capricorn. You know, Capricorn's very focused on preservation and protection. So it often wants to keep doing what's been done before or to kind of hold on to old ways of doing things. And we're seeing, because Saturn hasn't been in Capricorn by itself, we're really seeing how that may not be the best approach. And Saturn coming into Aquarius is actually starting to bring more of that forward momentum about how could we do things better? How could we do um, universal healthcare better? How could we do social equality better? You know, how can we work in a more collaborative way to provide benefits to more of us as a group rather than just a select few? So. There is some real undercurrent shift, and I don't know if you know, you'll know you notice a huge change this weekend immediately, but it's important to know that the energy almost like resets itself as Saturn moves into Aquarius. Um, but this is a biggie, and I know we'll be talking about it a lot over the next few months. I was really curious to hear, uh, Cass and Leash your thoughts on this planet-changing signs and how you're sort of framing it for yourself and for your clients as well.
0: Um. One thing I'm really looking forward to this, it's like all the heavyweights are being broken up. Um, You know, Saturn, this is the first one of the Saturn-Pluto south node that we've had going on for the last 18 months. This is the first one kind of leaving. I just think of a group of, you know, kind of mean boys in the corner that have been taunting and creating, creating hassles and they're being split apart and put into different classrooms. So this is the first one for that to happen with. And there will be some relief in that sense having a look back in history with Saturn and Aquarius, I think we're kind of seeing it now. Saturn in Aquarius, you know, Saturn's restriction in Aquarius is the big picture of the future community and I'm seeing that there is restrictions around how people connect together. In person. Mm. And we're seeing that happen already globally. And I know, you know, if you look back, for example, in the 1930s, when Saturn was in Aquarius, that was happening a lot in Europe, in Russia, in Germany, in Italy, there were restrictions and laws and even in the UK around how people gathered around what they were able to do. And so I feel like we're seeing this now, but the potential that's there is that that new structures will be formed instead. So, you know, I saw Girl Boss who are doing a series of big rallies, they have actually decided to do it all online and open it up for free for everybody. And they're refunding everybody who had um, paid to go to the ones in the US. So, there are these other options that are creating a more even playing field like you were talking about Kel and it's like how can we do humanity better how can we be more compassionate how can we be more caring towards each other how can we connect in different ways and really ground it and create new structures for that um so yeah that's my take on it for the for the minute without going into all the details what about you Cass have you got thoughts I'm sure you do
1: yeah (laughs) I love your ideas around that um yeah I've been thinking about this a lot uh, lately for some things I've got going on but one thing that kind of really comes to mind is I mean we might be showing our age and I apologize if you're a younger listener (laughs) and you're kind of and you're kind of like oh god whatever but remember that episode of Insects in the City where the girls ask Carrie does Mr Big colour outside the lines? Oh Uh, yes!
2: (laughs) (laughs) So I've so got the scene in my head. There's like a balcony setting. Yes, exactly. and there's some and kind it's of curtain
0: and yes.
1: And um anyway, so I mean, you know, my little bit of a catchphrase for Saturn Aquarius, at least on the, the personal um standpoint, and then when we look at the global standpoint. You know, it, there is, as you already mentioned, all the things about, you know, the global pressure and closing off borders. So, Saturn Aquarius really does invite us to break the rules in some way and maybe go out on a limb or go out sort of maybe as an individual, but for the collective and you know color outside your own lines in in some way shape or form um you know obviously that'll be dependent on the the house that holds Aquarius for you but there will be this sense that you know somewhere in your life where Capricorn's been has maybe been the limitation there's been the structure or the pressure and and now it's like okay that that pressure valve gets a little bit released and it's like okay well now I have a, a very intimate understanding of all the rules now how can I break them or push the envelope in some way so I can do that kind of Aquarius type of it's it's I wouldn't go so far as expansion but at least Mm. I'm going to go beyond Saturn's rings rather than um you know be contained in them and I do as much as I had you know the Megan Markle situation you know she's you know, what might look like a palace to some people may have been a fortress for her. Mm. And so, um, you know, for some people, uh, Saturn and Capricorn, has you know, is a, so protective, but for some other people that is almost like suffocating or so like unbearably limiting. So this next few months really is an opportunity to really kind of sense and feel and become aware of where are those rules no longer working for me and where do I need to maybe push some barriers or where do I need to show a little bit of bravery or a little bit of courage and go beyond the borders or go beyond those lines or those rings and colour outside your lines, you know. (laughs) So, um, yeah, yeah, that's my... Nutshell take. Mm. I love
2: it, Cass. I mean, because what what uh, you're sort of saying, I guess, is that it's redefining our relationship with boundaries, and that Mm -hmm. there are kind of lines that are drawn, literally and figuratively, everywhere in our lives. And it's Saturn moving into Aquarius is like being on the other side of the line. And I think I've heard someone else say this in another conversation somewhere that it's sort of the difference between being on the inside of something and looking out versus being on the outside of something and looking in. Totally. And because, you know, in Saturn is the ruling planet of both Capricorn and Aquarius, so there is this common theme about the rules and the boundaries and the regulation and the guidelines and where do things stop and where do things start, but the perspective about that defining line changes, I guess. Yeah. And uh, that's what's going to be really interesting to see how that shifting awareness of the boundary or the line filters down, as you said, Leash, into changes collectively and, and socially. I don't think we see the changes right away in the next few months for saturn in aquarius but i think that's what becomes part of the social movement and the collective movement in 2021 and 2022. and you know thank goodness for technology because being you know socially isolated or restricted is going to be different this time around um and just to give some context the last time saturn was in aquarius was in the early 90s so from february 1991 until May of 1993 and then again from July of 93 until January of 94. So that was kind of in the post. There's a lot of rearranging of of borders and rules and regulations um, around the world at that time. Mm. We had Uranus and Neptune were in Capricorn, so there's some biggies in Capricorn and Saturn was there and then Saturn popped into Aquarius. So Mm -hmm. there is a little bit of an echo of that early 90s period. Uh, so a little bit more of a collective theme but Saturn being a sort of a bigger planet, that's, that's part of what's being reshaped. So that's a biggie. And yeah. we'll have more on the personal side I think next episode with the Mars-Saturn conjunction. Yep. So I think uh, we're over to you now, Cass, about... Again, me again. Wow. Yeah, I know. I was like...
0: Leisha Scott, we are. I chose saving the, the end best one. Yeah, the well, best one. Well, you for chose last. the best one. <laughs> the one on that's positive in this two week period.
2: So we're saving the best for last with Leisha. But Cass is going to kick up. Sorry, this is my cat Merlin who's just um, has to show herself. Um, and Cass,
0: new moon in Aries from you. Yeah,
1: it's my favorite new moon of the year. I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, this is the first lunation of the astrological new year. So the whole sun in Aries ingress and that period um, to the new moon should be just like a really big New Year's Eve kind of uh, celebration. But you now what this really does is kickstart all those, you know, this is the first lunation in the first sign. This is like that that spark within us that's that igniting like you know when you turn the key in the engine and things Mm. happen a spark goes off this is the spark you know that will eventually burst into a flame and i often look at this period of time as okay we're at the you know towards the end of the first quarter at least of the calendar year and you know what have you done what have you not done it's a really great time to really reorientate your, you know, I think of the idea of Aries as as that desire and that will and that push to do and to be and to have, and this uh, new moon can really help, you know, spark that energy. Um, so I'm really looking at looking forward to this. This is like my favorite uh, lunation of the year to create a vision board or to create a manifestation of all of your goals and desires and be totally shameless and um you know ask for what you want you know this is a really great time uh to do that you know mars is still in capricorn at at the time of the lunation so Mm. this is you know mars is in a good condition to help you it's one thing to have all these goals ideas and desires you know we've all got them but how much work are we doing to kind of earn them? Yeah, And so with Mars on side and Mars, you know, supporting and even adding a little bit of tension from the whole science square aspect can really help, you know, if you're feeling uncomfortable or if you're feeling that kind of tension or that friction between what you want and what you're doing to get that thing, this lunation is a really beautiful spark to help perhaps reinvigor some passion or some energy and some enthusiasm into the work that you're doing or hey let's get to work on those goals and desires that you've got so I love the new moon in Aries as I said it is my favorite of the year and um, it's a very beautiful um, energy for new beginnings so We've got, you know, Saturn's now in Aquarius, another symbol of Mm. something new starting. So it's a very new, fresh energy coming through as we're still maybe tidying up some of those uh, Mercury returning to Pisces issues as well. But we can face them with a bit more vigour or a little bit more, I know what I want about that thing now, whereas before I was just figuring it out. So, yeah, I'm just a little bit excited about that. Love (laughs) it. How (laughs) about you, Leigh? How about you? I should ask you first, Leigh. This is like... (laughs) You Know the Aries new moon. This is, you know, your <laughs> <My> territory. <moon. laughs> yeah, look, <laughs> yes. I love that's that why this- I love your leash because it's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I love that this Aries new moon is happening so soon after the equinox, so soon after mm. the sun moves in. It's just, and as you say, we've just had Saturn change signs. It's like this opportunity for the first time actually in a while that Aries new moon isn't in in a square to that Saturn in Capricorn. And there's a chance Mm -hmm, to really have that spark like you were talking about. Like I always think of that glyph of Aries, you know, yes, it's the ram's horns, but it's also the seedling pushing up from Mm. the earth, you know, the two little leaves. And I think this is why I love that it's so close that it really captures that equinox energy. Mm. And yes, I know here in Australia, it's the autumn equinox, but there still is that flush of freshness, of newness that comes through. And I think that's what we can, it's like an encapsulation of energy that we can inject into our lives and and take it forward. It it can be a little bit of rocket fuel for whatever plans that you've got that you want to do. And, uh, you know, I always talk about Aries as the Tigger energy. This is like, you know, put a Tigger injection into your plans and it's an awesome one to be manifesting under, as you said, Cass, and doing your vision boards and putting some real drive and focus, that steam train effect that Mars in Capricorn seems to have of just being able to push through. It's a really positive placement for the ruling planet to be in. So there is a real chance to kind of not just have the spark that, you know, may or may catch. This is like the spark that then like, you know, it starts a steam train engine in a way that can actually really drive you forwards and into the future. So- I guess in many ways it it will as well because it's at that four degree mark. It will form a sextile to that Saturn in Aquarius. It's just past a sextile with that. So it will really bring that energy in. So I just think the, the future visioning, the big picture possibilities that are available with this new moon are very similar to the ones that happen with that new moon in Aquarius and Saturn's now coming in and really dr- anchoring that point too. So yeah, lots of positive opportunities with this and it's, really exciting um I love you know I love the moon in Aries too um as much as I love the moon in Libra that's opposite it but <laughs> the balance you, is darling. out and cools, <laughs> cools me down um but yeah it's just that impulsiveness and and the pioneering energy Aries always reminds me of the the pioneers like the Australian explorers and the American pioneers that came across into the west it just really has that energy to it of like break new ground try something new so, yeah, what about you, Kel?
2: Oh, look, it is, I think it's a high energy new moon. Um, the ruler of the new moon being that Mars in Capricorn, which is very close to Pluto around the time of new moon. the mm. new moon. It feels very clarifying and there may be some decisions that are made. You know, you, you can be a little bit more decisive or a little bit more I will do that and I won't do that. Uh, And I think that's going to help people make a combination of choices about things they might be ready to stop doing or they've outgrown, like cut away some of that dead wood versus, as you said, Cass, like that vim and vigour of, right, let's power forward over here now that we've cleared a bit of some of that clutter. Um, And just thinking about, I think, Cass, you had made that point, you know, this new moon is happening shortly after Saturn changes signs. It feels like a bit of a, a... not like a whole new world, but there's certainly a totally different tone in the astrological um, energies. So the fire and the air combinations a little bit more forward looking, a little bit yeah. more like up and atom rather than kind of doom and gloom or or sitting in our feelings kind of things. This is more, you know, what is the image or the inspiration? Fire is so much about what can I see or what do I, you know, that picture? You know, um, fire is very visually oriented, so it's that. Sort of clarifying that image in your mind's eye and then powering after it. So yeah, just like both of you, I'm excited for a little bit of like oomph. So yeah. I think, yeah, that's
0: gonna be really lovely to kick things off for people. Yeah, it's like we're coming out of the Pisces flood <laughs> and into a bit more <laughs> energy, a bit more action. Thank God. Totally. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So what does that leave us to? Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. So into even lead. more fun and, and more energy to be able to um, connect with. But this is, you know, this is back to the yang. So we've got Venus in Taurus, um, very happy, and she's been doing some beautiful things already. And she's trining Jupiter in Capricorn. So you know, there is that sense with this of Jupiter in Capricorn, being in his fall, he, you know, there's this cautious confidence that I keep saying is the is with this one. It's like all the things that we thought we could grow. It's like well, let's just do a few of those things and then see where we get to. Whereas Venus in Taurus, she's adding this lushness, this plumpness, this this energy to what has what he's done. So it's like what he's already sown. Suddenly things really start to grow up. It makes me think here. Um, When we had the droughts late last year, the rainforest here was really dry and really crunchy and it just didn't look very happy. It was like this very empty kind of ground. And then as soon as we got the rains and it hasn't stopped raining, the frogs started, the crickets started, the birds started, the trees were flush with flowers and greenery. And it's just this energy of like, okay, let's round things out. Let's grow things up. So having these two two very fertile benefics, both very moist, making this lovely trine connection in the sky. I feel like it just adds this extremely fertile opportunity to grow things and if you do have Jupiter in Capricorn plans, if you have been using it in some way, this is a chance to really, you know, water them, grow them, fertilize them even, you know, use some of that connection and that sweetness and that lushness that Venus in Taurus can bring to grow a rainforest. You know, the thing I always think about about rainforests is they're so complex. There's a lot that they can offer. And I feel like there's a lot of complexity with this too. But yeah, it's it's, it's quite I just keep the, the richness of the of the earth, you know, um, the smell of hummus in the ground. It just, yeah, that's what this feels like. So I'll stop nattering. <laughs> Anyone else got thoughts?
1: <laughs> Kelly?
0: Of course I have
2: thoughts, but I know you will too, Cass, because this is your Venus.
1: We're both yeah. honouring Venus here without flowers. <laughs> With my drooping roses, they've dropped a little bit. But anyway um yeah what i like about this particular aspect is that it can really bring um some growth to real practical plans as well you know jupiter in capricorn he not at his you know, best condition so you know as you said it's like that drop wherever there's a bit of dryness or that opportunity or um the you know for want of a better term, abundance of the promise of Jupiter is a little bit limited or a little bit restricted in Capricorn. But Venus is coming along and, you know, adding her, you know, uh, milk and eggs to the batter, so to speak. And so she's kind of helping to, you know, coagulate things and to bring her moisture and her growth and her influence to help sort of lift Jupiter up. And so across Earth signs, you know, this could really also like pave the way for, um, you know, another aspect that's kind of happening like later in the month and in early April. But, you know, this can really help s- sort of bring some, help us see maybe an opportunity that isn't quite like there yet you know Venus can help us you know connect with the right person or or connect with the right situation or connect with the right mentor to help us sort of see something that may not be quite clear or not quite available yet um I'm quite looking forward to this aspect it's uh one of the better ones I think for the entire of 2020 so having the two great planets in the sky forming under the best um the best form of aspect, despite Jupiter's, you know, uh, condition in Capricorn not being the best. I don't think this is going to be enough to really dampen the party too much, I hope, but across those um Uh, the earth signs it is about those practical plans or things to do with resources or money or things like that might get a little bit of a boost or might get a little bit of a um you know a deal might be sweetened in some respects so yeah how about you cal i love it i i'm
2: so many juicy good things about this aspect. Um, I guess, yeah, I'm seeing the Venus, Trine, Jupiter. They're both in Earth signs, which, you know, the the planets are moist, but the signs have a little bit of a dry quality. And I think I I usually interpret that as being clarifying and stabilizing. So sort of getting a sense of how you want to bring the pieces together. It's easier to bring pieces or people or projects together. There's a real connectivity or collaborative quality. I loved the piece you mentioned, Cass, about like mentoring or teaching or, you know, training type of thing that, you know, it may be just as good for, you know, learning from somebody that's got some wisdom or experience that you can Mm. benefit from. Um, the aspect I realised—I'm not sure if we said this—it's 23 degrees Taurus to 23 degrees Capricorn, and it's Saturday, March 28th. So this is a really yummy weekend. Uh, the moon will also be in Taurus for a big a, for part of that weekend. So there is sort of an enjoy the good in life. Um, So particularly, I think relationships, interactions with other people uh, will benefit. You know, this aspect is, it's a good aspect technically on paper, but it is much better for Venus in terms of Venus is in a really good place Mm. and receiving whatever help Jupiter can offer. Um, I think it will help with long-term planning. So putting some of those pieces together around partnerships or relationships. Um, But it is, I know that, you know, when I've tried to chat to other astrologers about are we going to do this thing on that weekend, everybody's like, no, no, we've already got stuff scheduled then because it's such a positive weekend. So um, definitely enjoy those Venus Jupiter blessings because I agree with you, Cass. I think it's probably one of the best aspects we have all of 2020. So take the time to enjoy the good things, to focus on the special people, to show gratitude, um, to give what you can, because we just want to get that positive experience and energy. You want to get that in the bank while you can, basically.
0: Totally. Awesome.
2: So that's a beautiful uh, aspect to end this episode and the month on, I guess.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So have you girls got anything going on this fortnight, what's happening in your world's cas
1: me well i'm still in the middle of teaching my um contemporary astrology program for beginners so going through uh building astrology from the ground up and um I think that's probably about it. I've got so many things I want to do, but I'm also aware of uh, my practical limits. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, stay tuned. You know and, I mean, I also, I've also i got a brand-new website up. So, finally, it happened, um, not under the beautiful elections I had planned for later in the month. Thank you, Mercury Retrograde, but it had to happen. So, um, go check it out. You can always join my newsletter and sign up, get your free download, and then um, stay abreast of what's happening in my world. So, yeah. How about you, they're exciting.
2: Kel? Yeah, I've got my next webinar for Astrology University is coming up on Saturday, April 4th. I'm going to be doing a deep dive looking at the 8th and 12th houses in astrology. Mm. So they're the houses that I find students, even students that have been studying for a long time, still grappling to understand and interpret. So I'm going to spend, you know, a detailed hour and a half just breaking down why the 8th and 12th houses mean what they do, how to use them in practice, what to say about planets in the 8th and 12th houses. But I'm also going to show some examples of the 8th and 12th houses in action in terms of planets that are there or connected to the 8th and 12th house. So it's a topic that I've been wanting to do a bit more of a focused exploration of for a while. So I'm thrilled to offer that. So if that's of interest to you, be able to sign up via my website, kelly'sastrology.com or the Astrology University website. And the other event that I want to give a shout out, which um, I think will, I can say might be, and that might be a segue for you, Leash, is that... The 21st of March is known as International Astrology Day. It's sort of early in that Aries season. And I will be presenting as part of a free online seminar day for Kepler College. Uh, so you can go to their website, Kepler College, to look for information about their celebrations for International Astrology Day on March 21st. Uh, and that's it from me for this next couple of weeks.
0: Leesh, what have you got coming up? Um, quite a bit. Um, so, yes. thanks for that shout Is out about go? International Astrology Day. So. AFAN? Yeah, well I'm actually not going to be part of it for that long because it's it's okay. But, a- but a- fan's the is time. happening. There are some really great speakers that are going to be part of that. So hop on over to afan.org to check out that and go along to the free event. And I think it's it's going to be a marathon event. So it's going for eight hours. So there's plenty of opportunity to drop in, drop out, see different things that are happening. Um, personally, on the 21st of March, I'm holding in person here in um, the Sunshine Coast, a Aries new moon manifesting workshop. So we will be doing the vision boarding. Um, We'll be doing some different things. I'll be doing an energy clearing exercise called Electrobics and just generally talking about the opportunities under this new moon. So hop onto my website to book into that. And then for those that are online, I'll be holding my normal new moon group. But for Aries, you know, with a special twist, that'll be on the 23rd of, well, yeah, 23rd. Yeah, twenty third of March, twenty fourth. I don't know. Check my website um, as to I'm trying to think <laughs> dates, Australia, and the time US. Zones. Yep. Are yep. you
2: doing it on the twenty fourth in Australia?
0: Yes. Okay,
2: so it'll be the, the 23rd. 23rd in the US. Yes, that's it.
0: Yeah. Well, it might not be though cuz I think I'm doing it in the evening, so it'll be yeah, oh, anyway. Okay. So just check my website to have a look for exactly All when that's going to be happening. All the details will be clarified. <laughs> yeah. And finally, I am writing a quick uh, doing a bit of a Saturn in Aquarius ebook for my website subscribers. So if you're not subscribed to my website, hop on and do that. And there will be an ebook coming out for, yeah, how to work with this, what the possibilities are, and yeah, which houses it will fall in, um, what you can really be anchoring and strengthening with its energy. So that's it from me. So thanks, everyone. Thanks, girls. Excellent. It's always good to chat.
2: Yeah, love to hear from everyone in the comments below about how you go with all the planets changing signs this week and yep. if there's any Saturn and Aquarius stuff that comes up for you or if you have really yummy Venus-Jupiter stuff that you want to share, we'd love to hear about that.
0: Yep, or even your new moon intentions. Tell us what you're going to be bringing in under this Aries new moon too. So we always love to hear from you.
1: Thanks. Just tell us all the things. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we, we love all the comments. <laughs> all right, thanks everyone. Bye. Bye. See you later.